Welcome to EdCast, a podcast brought to you by the Education Policy Center at American Institutes for Research. Through EdCast, we bring researchers and practitioners together to discuss some of our nation's biggest educational challenges. Our first podcast series focuses on social and emotional learning, a critical set of skills for succeeding in today's workforce and in civic life. Our expert host today is Kim Kinzora, a principal researcher at American Institutes for Research. Kim is speaking today with Melissa Schlinger, the Vice President for Programs and Practice at CASEL, the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning. CASEL's mission is to make social and emotional learning an essential part of education for all students. Since 2011, CASEL has partnered with the Novo Foundation, Einhorn Family Charitable Trust, and other funders to create and support an eight-district demonstration program. It aims to establish whether and how large urban school districts can make social and emotional learning a systemic part of their work. The eight districts include more than 1,500 schools and 800,000 students. The American Institutes for Research has been evaluating this initiative since its inception, studying both implementation and outcomes. Here's Kim. Thanks, Alex. Melissa, can you start by telling us about the initiative? As you know, CASEL has been focused on research and policy work for years and years, and the Collaborating District Initiative was CASEL's first really intense look at what is this all look like when you put it into practice. So the goal was to actually work with urban school districts around the U.S. to see a couple of important key points. Number one, is it feasible to actually implement social and emotional learning in a systemic way through a large urban district, especially given the fact that we know that large urban districts turn over in superintendents all the time, they change priorities, they often have budget crunches. So would it even be feasible to do this was the first thing that CASEL was attempting to examine. And then the second thing was, if you do it, what happens with kids and their outcomes? Can we actually make a difference in terms of their academic performance, their discipline issues, their attendance. So those were really the two goals of the CDI, is to really look at if it was feasible and the student outcomes when we do a systemic SEL implementation. Each of the eight districts have received yearly grants of $250,000 to support the work building social emotional learning. In districts with an average annual budget around $700 million, this is quite a small amount of money. Yet we know from the implementation evaluation that every district has made progress towards stronger implementation of the initiative over time. Melissa, how have the districts approached this work? Well, there's a couple of really key steps that the districts have to sort of start off with in particular. So each of our eight districts have a dedicated SEL lead. And in some cases, they have their own teams of folks. So in some cases, um, they have a smaller group. But like in Austin, they've got 14 SEL coaches in addition to that SEL lead. And in Chicago, they have SEL network specialists. So we're seeing growing teams of folks in the districts whose charge it is to maintain the systemic SEL implementation and help drive that down to the schools. And one of the things that I think is so exciting about the research is that while there are schools kind of at varying levels of implementation, one of the key findings was that the schools with the furthest implementations, those that are the most progressed, are those schools that have the greatest student outcomes. So that's where we're seeing the greatest academic improvements, the best um, improvements in attendance, the reduction in discipline referrals. So we're seeing um, both of the questions that we set out to answer. One, is it feasible? The answer is yes. And secondly, what happens to students? We're seeing when we do this well, students um, 
see significant improvements in their overall um, attendance, grades, and um, behavior. So it's a really exciting finding. Melissa, so far you've talked about what's been happening at the district level. What have schools done to address social and emotional learning? In addition to a district theory of action, there's also a school theory of action, and it is centered around six key activities. So those areas would include um, establishing a vision, um, building expertise and professional development activities, um, adapting an evidence-based program, um, aligning with other initiatives. So we really think of SEL as, as not just the skills that the kids are learning in the classroom, but how do we create classroom environments where um, all instruction and all practices promote social and emotional learning? So it means not just instruction, but how do we handle discipline issues in the classroom? How is the classroom management, the teacher's language? And then outside of the classroom, what's happening in the school? What kinds of discipline policies are there without, throughout the school? How is the office interacting with visitors? What is the feeling that you get when you walk in the building? Are you seeing positive and um, reinforcing things on the walls? Um, and then beyond that, how are they involving the community? How are they involving parents? So when we talk about school-wide SEL, we talk about all the way from the instruction that the student is getting all the way to the entire school culture and climate. So after two to three years of implementation, we've seen some positive student outcomes at grade three and some mixed findings at grades seven and 10. On the evaluation side, we look forward to schools really digging in so that those student outcomes can flow from that. From your practice perspective, Melissa, where do you see the initiative heading? Any sort of major change that, that you would strive for in a school district takes five to 10 years. These findings are really um, promising and in fact, it's exciting that after only three to four years, we're beginning to see that bubble up. Melissa, what are some of the policy changes that you would hope to see? Well, we know that a number of states are beginning to consider SEL standards. There's different ways of approaching that work. You know, we have right now a lot going on with Common Core standards, which if you look carefully at the Common Core standards, you really need strong SEL skills in order to be successful with them because they require students to do more collaborating with their peers, resolving conflict, um, really thinking deeper about the text that they're reading to sort of manage themselves in situations in different ways. So we know that kids need strong SEL skills to be effective with the Common Core. Uh, I think it's great that, that school um, state departments of education are considering SEL standards. Um, CASEL is also hoping to help inform national guidelines for SEL standards. I think that's a really critical step because you have to be able to communicate what it is that kids should be able to do by different age levels, and that's one really key piece to start with. As we look forward from an evaluation perspective, we're encouraged by the positive findings at grade three, which we think may reflect some strong evidence-based social and emotional learning programming that districts and schools have put in place. We've also seen some changes in school climate that indicate that schools are becoming more pleasant places to be. Thanks, Kim and Melissa, and thanks to our listeners for joining us. For more information on this podcast, visit edupolicycenter.org.